So I mentioned something in the last episode which um, gave me an idea of something to talk about, and that is my relationship with my father. So I am named after him. I am Jack Michael Tracy II. I shouldn't be Jack Michael Tracy II. I should be Jack Michael Tracy Jr. And I talk to people about this, especially when I meet new people and they they know that I'm the second and they're like, and I say, do you know the difference? Why someone would be junior versus why someone would be second? It's not preference. Ooh, I think it's snowing. Huh, I just saw a flurry. Um, I, so the difference is second is non-consecutive. So if I were named after my grandfather, but my dad had a different name, I'm the second Jack Michael Tracy. Um, if I'm named after my father, I'm junior. Uh, my mother did not want anyone calling me junior. She hated it. She didn't want people, oh, it's Jack Jr., oh, junior. She didn't want it, so she named me the second, knowing that it was incorrect, but that was it. Because my dad's full name is Jack Michael Tracy. My grandfather is also Jack Tracy, but he has a different middle name. Had a different middle name. He's not living. So being named after him, I think he suffered from having a very specific idea of what his firstborn son would be, which is not an uncommon thing. I think we're less about that now. I think we're coming into an age or we've entered an age of just like your children are going to be your children. They're going to be whatever, whatever they end up being, you have very little control over it. You can have control over the lessons of morality, um, you know, some basic, like, you can try. <laughs> core beliefs, core ideas, that kind of stuff, what's important, what's not important, how to handle adversity, sort of life lesson-y stuff. But their personality, their interests, you have very little control over. And your job as a parent to sort of discover, accept, support. Um saying that as a, you know, I am a parent, but it's to a 35-pound Cocker Spaniel. Um, I always say, I want to I wanna meet a man with um, no desire to have children and dead parents. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so my dad apparently had, he's obsessed with baseball. He was like, had a glove ready was oiling the glove, wearing in the glove, making sure the glove was ready for my arrival. And I had no interest in sports. I wanted to be in the arts. I loved theater. I loved singing. I loved dancing. I would later learn to love Dick. <laughs> it was gay. Um, and I think at a very, very early age, he sort of realized, one, I wasn't the thing he wanted. Two, I was closer to mom. And that's because mom didn't work. And I was always with mom. Dad worked. Dad worked, one, worked a lot because he owned two restaurants. So I don't know if you, if you know anything about the restaurant business, if you own a restaurant, you work all the time. He was always there going back and forth. And he, he was on city council, and he was busy. And then later, when we lost whatever money we had uh, from the restaurant sale, um, he was like night shift, day shift, 
security guard here, delivery truck driver here, factory worker here. Like he was just provide, 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 which I deeply appreciate that he was, his main goal, he sacrificed his own happiness to make sure his family was provided for. And he's done a lot of shitty jobs and his own health, bad back, bad knees. You know, he was, whatever he had to do to make sure there was money, enough money to put food on the table, he did. And I'm greatly appreciative of that. And also, he has an extremely strong sense of justice. He was a conservative for a long time. And honestly, it was apparently the Palin nomination that made him lose respect for the Republican Party because she was obviously a moron. Um, And he slowly drifted apparently to become a Bernie supporter, which is interesting because I think he's all about, you know, sort of just like working class. Um, Whoever is appealing and wants to fix problems for the working class, that's who he cares about. So he has an extremely strong sense of justice. Like me, he gets very upset if someone is being treated unfairly and will insert himself to often our detriment, which is a life lesson I've learned, to let people fight their own battles and only provide help if asked and in a very limited capacity. You, it will always, you always end with the villain. So... Most people are. Most people want to be accepted by the people causing them adversity, not defeat them, uh, which is not me. And so the second that they're accepted and you're still angry about it, you are now the villain. Happens every fucking time. So anyway, so he had a strong sense of justice and fairness. And so, yeah, he probably had said problematic things about gay people as a child. There was definitely a trans person down the street that he felt uncomfortable by. He had conservative viewpoints. He was a... Uh, manly man in some respect he was actually a huge pushover but um but if anybody was picked on if anyone was discriminated against if it, like he was not having that and he would step in even if he was uncomfortable by it i imagine that that um trans man i'm tra- tra- well i don't know i don't i was a child i don't know but i suspect if anyone would like have harassed or if he had seen anyone harass that person or pick on he would have stepped up and been like Knock it off. He didn't like that kind of stuff. Um, and patrol, we had a park across the street from us, and he would patrol it as if there were kids that thought he owned the park. There were children who played in the park that thought he was the owner because he acted like the owner. What are you guys doing over here? What are you doing over here? He, big, get the fuck off my lawn energy. Get shaking a broom, get these kids off my lawn energy. That's my father. But quickly as a child, he abandoned all interest in me on a personal level. I think I was a, it was like, I was a giraffe. He's like, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And so not knowing, he was like, oh, well, he is mom. So I'm out. So because that happened at such an early age, like, That's just how it is. I don't yearn or long for a relationship that... I think it would be different if when I was gay, I was like, came out as gay, I was like disowned or something because it'd be like longing for a relationship that was there that was longer. It was never there. So I don't really think about it that much and I don't really have any desire to like create it because it just was never there. And honestly, the fact that you... Your firstborn son named after you when he didn't materialize is the perfect thing you wanted and 
you were like, okay, never mind. Mom can have this one. Like, literally, I have a big, like, go fuck yourself. Like, no, I don't want to have a relationship with anybody who does that to a child. Actively neglects because they're pissed or disappointed or whatever that it's not what you want it to be. And maybe he's disappointed at himself for not raising me in the way that would have done that or whatever. I don't care. The fact that that's was his attitude towards a child, his child. He's not someone I want a relationship with. That's just a bad character trait to me. And it was compounded when my brother was born 12 years later because my brother loves baseball and loves all the things that dad wants to do and hangs out with dad all the time. So the second, and I wasn't really jealous, but it was noted that like, oh, you got the one you wanted. So you have a super tight, close relationship with him because he likes all the things that you like because that was required. That was necessary for a relationship. That was necessary for love. If you didn't fall in line with everything that I wanted, no thank you. But this one does, so this one gets it. So there was always maybe a little bit of resentment, but never directed towards my brother. I, I loved my brother uh, until he turned on me. Um, but... Yeah, I so it's interesting. So anyway, so be and they, I bring it up because I mentioned something about him last week, and because my therapist recently was like, "Your dad's still around, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's married to mom. They live in the same house we grew up in." He's like, "And you have a sister?" I was like, "Yeah, yes." And he's like, "You, I've known you for three years, and you have not mentioned them once." And I'm like, "Huh, I think longer than three years." Maybe five years. He was like, you have not mentioned them once. And I'm like, interesting. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's have that conversation. <laughs> and it's like, well, because I have no, I mean, in the same way that I don't mention the mailman. Like, yeah, they're around and I, or they were around and I saw them. But like, I have no emotional attachment or friendship or connection with them any more than I have the Check out lady I prefer at the grocery store. Like, it's that's why. It's just there's nothing there. There's nothing there to talk about. And, well, do you have any feelings about the fact that there's nothing there to talk about? A little, but not much. I don't really think about it at all. But we unpack some of that. And, you know, there's underlying stuff as to why I'm sort of dead to those sort of feelings. But anyway, the thing that I really, that, that's all sort of a lot of setup just so you kind of understand what the dynamics are and why things are the way they are. There were two things, specific things, that I remember happening that really stick out. So I'm going to go in reverse chronological order because the first one is... The first one's the real one. Back when the fall... after Right after the sort of the family fallout happened... And by family fallout, I mean the exile of Jack Tracy. Um, he called me and was like, basically saying it's my responsibility as a as a son who was close to my mother. It's my responsibility to like go return, like to, to mend that relationship. And I remember being really insulted by that because it's like, you don't, this isn't about me. 
You don't give a shit whether I have a relationship with her or not. You don't give a shit about whether I'm around or not. You, I bet she's all all around the house complaining about me, saying shit about me, and it's annoying to you, and you want me to stop it so that you can have a nicer home life. That's why you're doing this. Like, it has nothing to do with me, one. And two... He, he said to me that, well, you know, you need, you need a relationship with her because she's your connection to the family. And it's like, factually, that's correct. But the implicit, the underlying, and it's not me and it's not going to be me, to that. It's not like, oh, well, you're fighting with your mother, so maybe I should reach out and, you know, have some sort of relationship with you. That was never on the table. That was never in the cards. She's your connection, so if you don't have that, you don't have any was the message. To me, that was the, the his version of, well, it was confirming what was always the truth, but it was his version of my mom later being like, I don't really want to be your mom anymore. <laughs> so it was just like, you have both resigned. <laughs> you have both resigned as my parents. You were like, we don't want it. <laughs> we don't want this job over you. Your sibling, sure. Your sister, 50-50. But your brother, absolutely. You, no thank you. So, um, that, but the most early one, I remember, I don't know how old I was, but it had to be somewhere between like seven and 12. No, it might've been a little after because maybe my brother was around. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know my age. I don't know. But I remember it was early. I remember I was living at home. And my dad would always like, he'd want to, the, 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 the times he would sort of outreach to me, it was like things that he wanted to do. And I don't fucking want to do. And if anyone knows anything about me, I don't do anything I don't want to fucking want to do. Get that from my mother. And he'd want to like, let's go out and play ball. Let's go out and play catch. And it's like, I don't, I'm not good at it. And I don't want to do it. Uh, I'm good at it now. But I have great hand-eye coordination now. But it's like, I don't want to do this. You want to do something? Let's do something I want to do. Um, I remember he was out in the park, and he was throwing ball with someone. It may even be a neighborhood child who was stepping in as, like, surrogate son. Or it may have been someone down, a family friend down the street. I don't know who it was. But the conversation happened with mom where I was kind of honest about the fact that dad and I didn't have a relationship. And she said to me, well, honey, if you took interest in the things he wanted, he liked, I think you would. You know, he asked you to go out and play catch and stuff, and you don't, so. And it was this, like, it's your fault. It's your fault that you aren't doing what he wants to do and falling in line with what he wants and taking interest in what he wants. Be damned what you're interested in. Be damned what you like to do, what would be connected for you. It was your responsibility to court a relationship with your father. And because you haven't done it, that's the way this is. And I talked, this came up in the, when, when my therapist was sort of prodding about my father. And I talked to him about it. And I, I like talked about it very nonchalant, just describing. I was giving him lists of like things that I remembered, interactions we had, and like reasons why. And he stopped me. And he was like, you breezed right through that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just giving you a litany of, like, things. And he's like, D 
do you understand how wrong that was? And I didn't. I didn't even think about it. It was just the way it was. It was just the way it was. And he was like, it is not the child's responsibility to forge a relationship with their parents. It is not the child's responsibility to court and earn their parents' interest. It's his responsibility, and he failed. And you don't take, you shouldn't take any of that on. I don't think I did take it on, but I, I remember, I do remember in the moment there was a sinking feeling in my gut, which was both sort of like, and I was a child, so I don't really know if I knew how to process it, but it was like, it's sad maybe a little bit of guilt on my part of like, well, she's right, I don't. But there was also, I I pride myself on having a really good sense when something is wrong, as in like incorrect. And there was a, there was a like, that's not right. And I didn't, it wasn't conscious. But I have a good sense of that. And it's gotten me into, and what has gotten me into trouble more than standing up, which has gotten me into trouble, because I don't think that sort of, I think Star Trek, <laughs> I don't think that sort of deep inner core of morality of what is right and what is wrong, I'm not sure everybody has that. I think most people are guided by what feels good and what doesn't feel good, which is different than what's right and what's wrong. So that hit, there was a, man, the wind is really going outside. Like this tree is literally bent in half. Uh, hopefully you're not going to hear me disappear in a tornado uh, of my own feelings. Um, <laughs> I'm conjuring. I'm manifesting in the weather. Um, knowing, it, what is, well, sorry, where was I? Um, I have gotten in trouble for that and standing up for things that I knew were wrong when everyone else was against me. That has gotten me ostracized. That has always put me on the outside. But what has gotten me into more trouble is ignoring it and falling in line with whatever. And that's always been in relationships. Oh, yeah, you're right. The fact that I don't do this, it is my fault, you know, or, you know, I am. There is something weird with I am a weirdo. There's something wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And every time I've ignored or a boyfriend says something that's like, oh, that's really ugly. There's something really ugly underlying all of this superficial kindness and jolliness and social sociability. That's ugly. My most recent ex's comments about fat people. He had a lot of thoughts about fat people and how much they angered him. And yeah, it was, and like the like, this is wrong. This is a character trait that is wrong that I'm pushing aside because of other things and because like I'm in love. So let me push that aside. Every time I've pushed aside or ignored that little thing inside, not a little, burning core feels like it's the at the deepest part within my body that goes this is wrong this is wrong it's very strong voice every time i have silenced that or ignored it 
I've gotten, that's been what I've gotten in the most trouble in my life, usually. So I knew in that moment where mom said that, that like somewhere my body rejected that and said it was wrong. So what's, what's the lesson? What's the thing to take away from this? I don't come in pre-baked with these. I think of a topic and I kind of, by talking it out with all of you, I should have come to it. So what's the lesson in all of this? I, I mean, key lesson, if you are a parent or you have an interesting relationship with your parents that has parallels with what I'm talking about, if you have ever taken on, on the child side, if you've ever taken off, you don't have a relationship with anybody, uh, no, no, not with anybody, particularly with a parent. If you don't have a strong relationship with a parent and it's because they haven't put in the work, that is not your fault. It is their responsibility as a parent to come to you, right? And I think a lot of people fall into these relationships with their parents, especially when they're older. And like I hear people with these really complicated, like active, I have complicated for sure, but active relationships with their parents where it's like, oh, my mother, and she does this, and she does that, and she does that. And I think the thing that keeps people from either fixing it or walking away from it or confronting it is like, well, she's my mom, so I ha you don't have to do anything. They're people. You do not owe them. You can, you can respect them. You can be gen or you can be um, gracious and thankful and appreciative of the things they did do for you. But that does not hold anything over your head. That does not require you to put yourself in situations that make you feel bad. That is not, you are not a bad child to walk away from things that don't serve you, even if it's from your parents. You can do whatever you want. You, the only thing you owe to anyone is you owe yourself happiness. That's it. Happiness and security. You don't owe anybody anything else. That's, that's number one. That trumps everything. So it is not your responsibility to fall in line with whatever your parents want or want for you. I mean, you see it, it's tropes in media and you see it across, you know, my mom wanted me to be a doctor and I wanted to be this, or my dad wanted me to do that, you know, they want, and, and I hate it, all right, the people who hate going home for the holidays, and especially like queer people who like... People say shitty shit around the dinner table and I don't feel accepted and I don't feel whatever and, and you don't have to go. You don't have to call home. You don't, ha you don't have to. If it doesn't make you happy, if it's a burden, don't do it. You don't have to. It's not your responsibility. It's their responsibility to come to you. You're the child. They're the parent. That's the lesson today. <laughs>